Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. There's no purpose in teaching anybody who don't really want to learn, who really don't want to get to it. Everybody want to play entrepreneur. They don't want the sacrifice that come with this shit. Hmm. Truly, nights, early morning. You're going to lose friends, lose girlfriends, family going to call you crazy, not going to believe in you, then you make it, and then everybody going to be like, I'm proud of you, let me get some money. What I've realized that wealthy people understand, mm-hmm. and people in general, it's the small concepts that you can apply to get wealthy. You don't got to be super smart and got to know all the intricacies of real estate or taxes or e-commerce or whatever, trucking, yeah. whatever yeah, it, it is. It's good if you want to be rich in that business, but yeah. you don't need to know that. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know small, basic concepts. Mm-hmm. And one of the smallest basic concepts that anybody can understand is get money by income. Mm. Get money by more money. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste some good food on place. Welcome to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Your boy David Bellard here with my brother. Jalen Clark. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing, man? Another quarter of the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast. We are here in the lovely city of Irvine yes, slash sir. Las Colinas, man, having a great time. Just had a great conversation off camera. I'm really excited to start this one. <laughs> yeah, man, we got a special one for y'all today, man. This is something that, uh, first of all, got to give a major shout out to our guy, Eric Ball. Shout if out to haven't e. checked out that episode with him already, y'all need to. If you're trying to get into the trucking game, he breaks everything down. Uh, he connected us with this amazing lady sitting over here. Uh, we pulled up on her, man. We it was a little, a little, little steps to get here, but we finally got here, man. I'm yeah. excited for this because, like, what this lady's doing in the cities around the DFW and, and with she, around the country, own businesses. N- 
around the country Facts. too. Like you just, don't yeah, even just say the city. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 You better come like, correct. What she doing is major. It's something that our people need, and we're happy to have her on the podcast today. We had none other than Dr. Cassandra Bradford, uh, lead senior consultant at Genesis Preferred Solutions, a business out here, consulting business that's helping minority-owned, women-owned, and veteran-owned businesses land major contracts, multi-million-dollar contracts <laughs> with. Fortune 500 companies and municipalities. Dr. Brad, how are you doing today, man? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing We're doing amazing. great. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't I complain. Was, like Jayla was just saying, we was having a great conversation with you before this. You was giving us some game. like Yeah, just stuff really- that I've never even really thought about or really was like, man, if you just do it like this, it's a little bit different. So I'm really excited for this. Oh, yeah, this is, is going to be breaking some <laughs> mental barriers on this episode for sure. I hope so. We're going to have fun. Yes, man. Yes, man. So, Dr. Bradford, to kick these shows off, we do it like we do everyone. Uh, can you just give everybody an introduction to yourself? I know I said a little <laughs> bit, but I can't just summarize yeah. everything in a little bit. So, I guess just to open it up, um, if, can you give us like an introduction to who you are and like how you got into this? So, my name is Dr. Cassandra Bradford. I am the owner of Genesis Preferred Solutions. We are, uh, like he said, we're a small business uh, consulting firm. Uh, Started my business in 2000. And I'm just like with most people, something happened on my job, right? I got kicked out. No, I got put in isolation. And I started, uh, the very first company I started was a litigation management firm. And uh, the amazing thing about that is that I dropped out of law school. (laughs) Isn't that Uh, funny? I started a litigation management firm. Uh, We were doing a little over a million dollars in less than eight months of starting that business. Um, And ended up coming to Dallas to help uh, a large defense firm uh, with a case with Neiman Marcus. And they were about to pay this lady about $5 million on a slip and fall. And it was like, you only owe her about $8,000. And the, the partner asked if we were certified minority owned. And I said, dude, like, why are we bringing race into this? And I know he just shook his head. (laughs) Like, this little valley girl from California, I don't know what she's talking about. And we ended up getting certified. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went back to California, got certified. uh, As we were waiting to find out if we were going to win the contract or not, I ended up going to Washington, D.C., learned as much as I could. Somebody said, you could have went straight to Dallas, or you could have went to L.A. somewhere and, and learned this. But we got licensed to teach it, and I was so engulfed with the minority program mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I did what everybody else did. I called my mama. I said, mama, why didn't you tell me about this? And my mother worked for HUD. And she said, well, I got your dad certified veteran on. That's how he got that 10-year contract to put the roofs on every Kentucky Fried Chicken in the Midwest. And so um, I wanted to help help minorities and women. And not just in, in California or in Texas, but I'm like around the world. I just feel that we can grow our business with opportunities that were set aside for us. So we've been doing this for, we just celebrated 21 years on March 11th. Congratulations. Yeah. And so um, now we're, you know, we're trying to make a difference, not just here in Texas, but around the world. So we'll be in Dubai in September and um, God is good. That's all I can tell you. I have a great team. Amen. I have a great team that works for me. We have two people that don't work out of this office, but, we're, you know, we're doing good. I can't complain. Love it. So I love it. What, what is this litigation management firm? Like, what were you doing <laughs> for that? So, um, my background, I used to be a crash test dummy. 
Mm-hmm. This is a true story. This is, I was a claims adjuster back then in the eighties. Women were not claims adjusters because you I'm had a to, claims adjuster. Are you really? Yeah. So we had to write estimates on cars. I don't know what you did. I did auto homeowners, and they didn't at that time. Women were not claims adjusters. I was a legal secretary. I was in law school, and I don't know how because I wouldn't hire me because I'm like I don't type after three. I need to watch my stories. I need, you know, and my the attorney said yes. I don't know, and when he left, I cried. I'm like I. He said, Cassandra, why are you a legal secretary? I'm thinking, because I get to do what I want to do. I'm in law school. And he said, you should be a claims adjuster and make more money. Women were not claims adjusters in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so for a man, you would get promoted based on merit, and they would put you in a training program. I worked for AAA Insurance mm-hmm. in L.A., which had the number one tra- training program for claims adjusters back then. You remember, we didn't have Internet back then. Okay? Yeah, you had to go out and so everything all was by paper. hand. And so I went and took a class in California and uh, on, auto, on auto body repair, mm-hmm. and I became a claims adjuster. And then I wanted to learn injury, and they said, no, you can't. And so I went to another company. Well, well, I didn't go to another company. I found someone that was working in another company, and she didn't understand how to write an estimate or to review a segregation demand. You would mm-hmm. know that. So I'm like, if I teach you auto, can you teach me injury? Right. But they still wouldn't hire me. So I went to go take a class on why cars burn. Right. Was it a chemical? Was it electrical? Well, by this time, the 35 mile an hour bumper had just come out on the expeditions Hmm. and they were crashing cars with claims adjusters in them. And so we had to what? know. So yeah, minute. we didn't sign a release. Or I thought you said you was a crash test dummy. I thought you were saying like I'm a crash test dummy going into yeah, the field. Yeah, like, I was like just I'm, a, I'm a pioneer. No, you mean no. literally. And so you had to know auto body repair. So we measured delta V's, how much energy went through that car to move your body. Wow. And so what we were fighting was low speed injuries, mm-hmm. right? Can you get whiplash? Can you get what's the difference between a sprain and a strain? And so I didn't know then, you know, but later what they did was after the class, they paired us with a chiropractor and we had to volunteer and work at a chiropractor's office three days a week. Well, later he became the number one defense expert in the world for soft tissue injury. Who'd have thunk it? Right? Who'd have thought it? Yeah, some great research. I'll and, tell but you, I but... didn't know. He was just a regular chiropractor in Torrance, California. His name is Dr. Michael Millar. And so uh, I went to his office and he said, Cassandra, you should be a, you should be a chiropractor. I'm thinking I'm in, I got so much student loan debt. (laughs) I don't need to change. I decided to go, uh, by this time, university of Phoenix had just come on the scene Mm -hmm. and I went back to school to get my master's in biomechanical engineering, specializing in kinematics, the way the body moves Mm. upon an impact, whether it's a slip and fall, which how much energy can cause a person to be injured when they connect with a hard surface or anyway. Mm-hmm. So didn't know then. So ended up moving up the ranks, got into litigation because I figured I don't need to be on the roof anymore. I, I don't like rats and bugs. Right. I'm a girl. And so I went into litigation, uh, became a litigation uh, manager. And I, I remember calling my dad and I said, dad, I'm dropping out of law school because I'm practicing more law than an attorney. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I, got to t- I get to tell attorneys what to do. We're not doing that. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. 
We don't need all this defense workup. We're going to do a demand for production document. That's it. And so the went back to work for Triple A because I left. And we started a medical review department. And my company or my department, I was VP of claims. Wow. Um, regional. That was a headache. And um, listen, I was going back to school. So you, if you were one of my employees, look, you're an adult. You just make me look good. You do. We win awards here. If you if you can't do the work, this is the wrong department. Because I do not micromanage. I was busy going back to school online at work. I didn't have time to manage people. Manage yourself. You grown. If you're not gonna be here, don't tell me. Just make it up. Because I'm not doing paperwork. I'm tell you that right now. And so, <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> so I uh, started. So we just saved the company one point. Uh, six million dollars in eight months and the president came down to thank us and uh, so I took my whole team at that time PF Chains was an all you can eat three dollars and 99 cent cafe wow times have changed because <laughs> yeah. it definitely ain't that much no more <laughs> so I thought he was going to divide that savings amongst my team and so he said Cassandra we want this implemented in all the clubs um, we're gonna. I'm gonna go back to headquarters. We're gonna write it up. Well, I went to my boss. Called me in and said, "How dare you go to lunch with him? You start throwing stuff back then. They threw chairs and stuff at you and cussed you out. I'm thinking, lungs don't touch me. We good. Cause I ain't really from California. I'm from Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they he put me in isolation. Wow. So that time, the three-part memo, way before y'all time, he wrote a memo that said, if anyone's caught talking to Cassandra, you're immediately terminated. So wow. they built me a cubicle in the storage facility. Mm-hmm. And I cried every day. I'm like, I didn't do anything wrong. I've been with this company. Um, I got 35 oh, weeks bro. of vacation. Never called in sick, never Jeez. took vacation in seven years. And I remember my daughter was in private school. I love private school. She said, Mom, we're learning Microsoft Office. I'm going to make you some business cards and a brochure. So Michael Millar, the chiropractor, I called them, told them what they did to me. He said, Cassandra, you should start your own business. I said, dude, I'm a woman in a male-dominated industry. There are no black, there are no women VPs anywhere in any auto club office in the United States. I'm a black woman. Wait a minute. I'm a single mother. I'm, I had to run it down to him. He said, Cassandra, you the start. Call some of those attorneys you help make rich mm. and don't call me anymore. Hmm. So I did. My baby made me some brochures and some business cards. I went on Wilshire. I saw three attorneys. Never marketed that company since. Wow. And this is Genesis? No. no that, that's was, the, that was my litigation. litigation. I'm sorry. Firm. And so when we won that contract, because that's how we ended up, we, we bid on, well, first we bid on a contract and we lost. Mm-hmm. We lost. It was the only contract. The Neiman had. Marcus one or the So other? we already was working on that. Okay. But they were going to put it out for bid, that law firm. So, because sometimes you can walk into a contract that somebody couldn't perform, and that's what we did. Mm. So they're going to put it out for bid. We bid it, but we lost because they gave it to a, it was only two people bid. You, when you go to a pre-bid meeting, you know who's bidding. So they gave it to the company that was a Texas resident. Well, they, they didn't have whatever it is they said that they had. So they lost. So we won on default. A win is a win. I don't care what well, you yeah. say. And so, but they gave us six months to be a Texas resident. So we had to move here. And so, but by this time, I'm thinking, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to help people get certified minority owned. I want to help them find opportunities and blah, blah, blah. So we came, we fulfilled the contract. 
It was really with AIG. You know, AIG is the, mm-hmm. I better not say on camera. But anyway, AIG pulled out of Texas. And if you mm-hmm. know anything about claims, an insurance company cannot do what? They cannot go out of business. They go insolvent. The, yeah. Well, the state of Texas allowed AIG to go out of business. Wow. On me $300,000. Yeah, I passed out. I did what you did. I was, you know, but I'll say this. Um, I ended up winning a contract to teach minority certification mm-hmm. in Fort Worth. And we've been doing it ever since. But wow. now, yeah, did I go after AIG? I mean, I ended up, I can tell you my journey. I mean, I ended up reading, meeting Rick Perry. I went to Austin. I was upset. Uh, later, I started, I became a lobbyist for minority. I ended up calling Jerry Jones a pimp on television. I called the press conference. Started a chamber. Jerry asked me to come in. So, you know, so my life has been colorful. You know, <laughs> That's I a good word, colorful. But I, I love small business. And I, I, I attacked Jerry, which he wasn't, I should not have. It was really the city of Arlington. But I knew that would have gotten me some press. Mm-hmm. And so when he asked for a meeting, I told everybody, we're all going to go talk to Jerry. Because it was all of us. They're going, we ain't going, you go. Mm. I'm like, Texas got wusses. Sup, family? Hope you've been enjoying the show. I have a serious question for all my entrepreneurs real quick. Is your business moving forward or is it stagnant? Don't you want to know how to get more clients, how to build better infrastructure, how to dominate in your industry? Well, you need to be at the 10th annual Run Business Conference in Dallas, Texas on July 16th. Run Business Conference will have experts teaching on trucking and logistics, government contracts, real estate, finance, credit, business automation, and so much more. Man, look, fam, y'all got to get ready to run. Get ready to run your life, run your business, and run up this bag. You're only one contract away from changing the trajectory of your business. Link is in the description to get tickets. Let's run it. Run Conference 2022. And if I was in Chicago, all oh, everybody go with me. I have some security on the outside, you know. But Jerry said, what do you want? I said, you should be using 15% veteran because you accepted TIF. TIF is a grant. It's a mm-hmm. federal grant. I said, you got $12 million. He says, well, I said, you should be using 15% veteran. He said, not only will I use 15%, I'll use 40 hmm. He said, now, what is it that you want? I'm like, I'm not even veteran. I'm just here fighting for somebody else. But later, Jerry and I did some stuff together. So that's been my journey, and I love it. I love fighting for minority women, veteran-owned businesses that are because we're looking for opportunity. I love it. And I feel like your background in litigation kind of like led into <laughs> yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? Like it, you never, you may have not gotten the law degree, but it wasn't a waste. It was one of those things like you were able to take those skills and transfer it into another lane. And you mentioned something, because um, I, I was going to say this was your first exposure to government contracts, but you Not said too. that your father had a contract mm-hmm. for 10 years. For 10, for ten years. years to do all the thing, all the roots. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, we got to talk Yeah, about, we got to get into that. What, so, like, yeah, that really, I guess, what, what was it like growing up in that? Like, I mean, your parents have businesses. So, my grandfather owned a restaurant. So, I come from a long line of mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. So, my grandfather owned a restaurant. My dad and all of his sisters owned a construction company. So my mother later, my mother used to work for HUD. My mother only reported to President Carter. So it's amazing. Her story is amazing just by itself. So we all knew when my mother turned 52, she was going to retire from HUD. That's all. I mean, 
every Wednesday. My that's all my parents <laughs> preached about when mom turns fifty-two. We knew it. So when she turned fifty-two, baby. they bought. They just started buying all these properties, right? So my dad would go and gut them out. That's the only construction company, mm-hmm. and then they would rent them out. And so my mom, my mother uh, used to uh, arrange civil rights marches. Mm-hmm. And so she did catering on the side. Well, she wanted her own restaurant. So they bought this little bitty space, probably not even the size of my office. And she had a commercial kitchen where they kept growing. They kept buying out until they bought out both sides of the street. They leveled one side and made it a parking lot. So not only did they own the restaurant, they turned it into a nightclub. Uh, They owned the construction company. And we also owned the corner gas station. So everyone kept saying, well, Cassandra, you were predestined. Like all my brothers, they own their own business. My mm-hmm. younger brother has a cabinetry business. He does custom cabinets and stuff like that. I have another brother. I love it. He's an electrician. So we all know something about mm-hmm. construction. Mm-hmm. So I worked on the roof with my brothers until I was 13. So they gave you advantage with the insurance adjusting as so, well. Yes. So I, can, I know a little about a little bit about construction overhead and profit. And so my I was a fat kid. So my dad paid me in strawberry parfaits. They don't make those anymore at Kentucky Fried Chicken. So I'm thinking, hey, you know, after I'm mopping tar, Go into Kentucky, go down to Kentucky and downstairs off the roof and go get you as many strawberry parfaits as you want. That was strawberry shortcakes. Mm-hmm. So I got paid in strawberry shortcakes. <laughs> I thought that was the best job to have. I don't. <laughs> Ain't wouldn't so, worry about no money. <laughs> but then as I became older, I did you the book. Could have paid you twelve twelve thousand five hundred dollars a year. I, I can do some stuff. I just don't tell anybody I know anything. You, know, you look <laughs> in my toolbox. I got some power tools, but I act like I don't know how to use them. I'm a girl. So, yeah, but, you know, I was I was raised with uh, business, business owners. Owner. And so, I, I, yes, I may have had some form of advantage. But when you look at what what do we know about this? Let me just say this. When you y'all understand football. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if you play football, would you go on the field without a helmet, some pads? No, no. Not so at you all. have <laughs> to be equipped to play the game mm. for whoever is the team manager or owners <laughs> or coaches, right? In business, same thing. You have to be equipped to play this game, mm. right? This game was not set up for us as minorities to win. Just so you know. Right. And so when you want to play this game and you want to make the money as our our counterparts, you have to be equipped to play the game. Do you understand money? Mm. Money is fluid. Mm. We don't believe we believe that money is tangible. Money is not tangible. Money is fluid. If you have the ability to get well, then you have the wherewithal to always get it, even if you lose it. Mm. Right. Losing it is what risk. And risk is what you got to take on to To make it. Right, because one of the definitions of an entrepreneur is a person that takes a risk. So we want to take calculated risks, right? Mm -hmm. But a risk is a risk. The pandemic was a risk. We didn't know what was going to happen. Some people lost everything. Some people flourished. So Mm -hmm. the thing is about, can I back up? Mm -hmm. So I did this. I was on a uh, a television show a few weeks ago and they were asking me about teen entrepreneurs or why entrepreneurs don't win. And I talk about our kids because we were taught business as a child, right? I used to sell everything. I could cook my, we can, I could cook if I can't do anything else. As soon as my mother went to work, I was thawing out chicken. I was selling chicken dinners, fried bologna sandwiches and a, and a soda for $2. I was cooking up some stuff. I'm like, I'm going to bake you, a cake and sell it by the slice and make it a profit. Right. So, when we were little, my parents asked us, what do you want to be when you grow up? Hmm. I want, Daddy, I want to be an attorney. 
So every time something happened, my dad would say, would an attorney do that? I'm like, I don't know. I'm eight. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he, he, not only did he tell me that it was okay for me to dream, he fostered the dream. Mm. So I got older. Would an attorney do that? Right. I leave and I go to California. Daddy, I need some money. I don't know. He was an attorney. Call you back. Would an attorney do that? So he kept fostering the dream. So when I called my dad and said I was dropping out of law school, I was afraid because he had been fostering the dream. Mm -hmm. This is what my dad said, call me tomorrow and let me know what the new dream is. Hmm. That's and powerful. I said, dad, now I want to do this. He says, okay. So now what would a business owner do? What would, right? So he kept, and he continually fostered the dream. So when we talked to kids, so I met these kids in the apartment complex. Mm -hmm. It was like eight or nine little black boys. I love little boys because they love me. You feed little, little black boys, they'll, they'll be a good friend, right? So I'm talking to them. What, what you do? And everything was yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I want to be a barber like my daddy. My daddy can cut hair. I'm like, okay, what you want to be? Well, I want to be a chef because my daddy can cook too. He can cut hair and he can cook. I said, oh, my God. So every time I asked him something, it was yet, well, ma'am, and they, they were so courteous. Mm -hmm. I was so proud. So I said, well, who's brother? So all six of them said, we're brothers. I said, well, go get your mom. They went and got the mother. I said, are these your kids? She immediately got defensive. She was 23 with six kids. She was like, why, why do you want to know? I said, you have some of the most well-mannered little boys I have met in a long time. You, if no one told you, You're you would doing, doing a, a job. great job. You know how I know? I got one. <laughs> and I was struggling. <laughs> you got six boys. And they all courteous. And they were, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. They answered my, and I'm stranger danger. And she said, oh, my God. And her face lit up. And now she want to tell me all some other stuff. I know everything. But <laughs> what, I, what did I do? I told her, I said, you know what? Foster the dream. I said, I have a team program. They're too little right now to be in my program. I said, but foster the dream. Keep what, would a, what would a barber do? Would a barber get up and not comb his hair every day? Right? Foster the dream. Adult entrepreneurs, if no one tells you that you're doing a good job, you got to look in the mirror and foster your dream. And guess what? If the dream changes, because the dream changes, it's okay to dream. But you need to be around other people that can help foster your dream. Instead of trying to cut them down. Or or not. So we need to seek. So we need to seek expertise. Mm -hmm. Right. If I don't know about money, I need to get around people that's got money. So if you want to be a barber, this is what I asked. How many barbers do you know, young man? He said, I don't. I said, well, you got a cell phone. You should have at least 10 barbers in your phone that you can talk to. About cutting your about cutting hair, mm. right? If you want to be a real estate, how many realtors do you know? How many of them you got on your phone that you can call right now? Because you need to see it. You need to like be you around see the average of the five people you spend time with, and like you can't learn money or anything really for somebody that don't know. It goes back to kind of what I was saying. Instead of people that uh kill your dreams, the only people that are kill your dreams are people who think it can't be possible. Versus the people who, like you just said, they got the experience, the knowledge. They've, they've been, been through. Yeah, they've, they've been, been through it. It's ups and downs about being a business owner. And, you Talk know, we it. like to say I'm a, I'm, not, I'm a business owner. I have employees, so I'm not an entrepreneur. But I'm a business owner. 
Mm-hmm. But I still have some entrepreneurial traits. You know, I got some businesses going on. In, anyway, I got a lot of stuff going on, right? Because I'm trying to diversify my portfolio. So we need to, so I'll say this. Get in a group. You got your friends and family. Mm-hmm. I never tell you this. I got I got two brothers and a sister, and I got a couple, I got 28 nephews. That's my family. Mm-hmm. But I have people that I do business with. If I only relied on those 28 people, I'd be out of business. That's not my clients. That's my friends and family. My clients are all of these people over here. That's who I'm selling to all day long. And I'm going to get into a group with people that that's all their time. Guess what? I'm trying this new automation system. What? How much you paying for that? Well, if I take everything I'm doing separately, I'm paying more than having everything. Well, tell me, is there a tutorial that I can learn? And how did you learn it? Let me figure out if it's going to make more sense for me to now you, but I have to get in that space with people that are doing things. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It we can't sense. always stay over in this group of dream killers or people who don't want you to fail. Not saying that they're going to kill you. They love you so much. They don't, they just don't want you to fail. Oh my God. What if he lose that, mm-hmm. leave that good paying job and then he can't take care of his kids. He just got this new car and all. Yeah. These Not stuff. that they believe you're going to fail. They uh, believe you're going to fail. They just don't want you to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're trying to put in some safety nets. Or maybe they want you to think, but they're not saying it in that vernacular. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, listen, fire yourself. If you're the smartest person in the group, fire yourself. Get with a group with somebody that's smarter than you. Because how else are you going to learn? How else are you going to learn? And then pay to go and learn some stuff from experts. Do some research on them. We got Google, don't we? Can you research? Ask for references. Got computers in our pocket. <laughs> you can you can look up anything at the. You ain't even got to Google no more. You can talk to Siri and she'll look it up yeah, for you. Right, and so but we don't want to do that because it's, we think it's going to cost us something. If it was free, how much? What did you get out of it? Nothing, because you didn't pay anything. Mm-hmm. We only going to get free. Only gives you enough information to tell you you need to buy what I'm selling. Hmm. That's a bar. That is a bar right there because that's, that's so true because it's like it's just to bait you in like you were talking about the cookies earlier. It's just to give you a little piece of that cookie so you can be like, man, I need a whole box of this now. Right, right. And, and I kind of want to back it up because you were talking about, you know, being in business and understanding where you need to start. So, like, can we just break down what does it look like for a person – Say I'm your client, I'm coming to you, and I I want to start a business. Uh, maybe I want to start a service-based business. What are some things that I would need to do to prepare to be successful in playing this game, especially when I'm disadvantaged right off the rip? So basically, I'm going to ask you, what is it that you want to do? Because I don't give business idea. Mm-hmm. I don't give vision. God gives vision. That's not what I do. So I want to ask you, what is it that you're doing? Where are you struggling? Because I have to first find out what the problem is. And you mm-hmm. have to be able to trust me enough to tell me that because everybody won't tell you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have to make you feel comfortable. Right. And so now you have to tell me what the problem is. So I'm like, OK, so who are your target markets? You can't say everybody. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. We like seeing everybody. A lot yeah. of us like you to see everybody. I sell socks. Well, who is your target who, who, market? Who's your customer? Everybody. I everybody. Still... So everybody with feet. Uh, no, let's narrow it down. 
right? So how, how is business going with you going after everybody at the same time? You can't it's target everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's let's focus. Let's let's see. Okay, so you make these special socks, right? That has some kind of compression in them, let's just say. Well, have you targeted athletes? Well, I'm not even just talking about professional. Let's just we're in Texas. Mm-hmm. High school sports is hot here. It's so crazy. how many schools are in the state of Texas? How many high schools? I know you know the number. Right, I don't know, but guess what? We it's free at the library. You can get this list free from mm-hmm. the library. I'm gonna tell you, go to the library. You won't just let's just focus on Texas. Let's focus on Texas feet right now. So I may tell you to go to the library. Let's find out every high school to target. How many high schools? I don't know. You'll find that out on your list, right? I know how many school districts are in North Texas. I do mm-hmm. know that from memory. 357. So anyway, but I'm gonna tell. That's then. Let's talk about private high schools. Mm-hmm. Let's go after them. Do you want to go after college? How many colleges and universities? So now you're like, oh, my God, I just got this list of 10,000 schools. Okay. Well, where do you want to start first? Let's narrow it down. Now let's start coming up with how you're going to get this sock. So now you got to start setting up a meeting. So now we're going to go through this process. So I'm a mentor. I'm not a coach. Mm-hmm. A mentor is going to give you these baby steps. And we're going to spell it out how you're going to get there on each level. A coach is just going to say, Hey, you need to find the high schools with the people with feet and sell it and come back next week and tell me what you did. Well, I'm going to say, no, let's break it down. Mm-hmm. So we got our list of schools. Who are the principals? Who's over the athletic department? Like we can find this out on LinkedIn. We can mm-hmm. find this out here, right? Let's come up with a, I need to see your capability statement. Let's come up with a proposal. Send me your proposal. Let's take a look at it. I need all of this stuff in your proposal with a budget. How many athletes are at this school that need these socks? Well, there's an average of 200 Kids that play sport. Okay, so we got 200 people, kids at one high school. On an average, how much money can we make? You got to know how much you're getting this sock for wholesale, hopefully, Mm -hmm. right? Because we don't know that. How much you're charging for each sock? And then what is your net profit? So now let's come up with a whole marketing campaign. I need to know what you're going to say to them audibly. I need to know what you're going to say to them in email. I need need to know what you're going to say to them in text. And I need you to send me all this by in two weeks. You'd be like, this woman crazy. There's a wait list for me. But these are the steps that any mm-hmm. good consultant is going to talk to you about. If you come to me and go, Cassandra, all I know is I want to sell socks. I don't need nobody because I don't, I don't want to tell nobody about what kind of socks they are because you'll steal my idea. Then I'm not your person. Mm-hmm. Because you have to be able to trust me to know that I can get you to point B. I'm not a coach. I'm a mentor. So a mentor may say, hey, I know the president of DCC College, Dallas Community College. Let me put a call into Dr. Seabrooks for you. Tell me you're on your way over there. When can you, can you get over there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in case you say, let me call him right now. Hold on. Let me do a three-way and see if he can. Dr. Seabrook, I got this young man on the phone. He sells these special socks for your athletes. Yada. Do you mind having a conversation with him? Can you give him 10 to 15 minutes of your time? He's hmm. on the phone right now. Y'all figure out the date and time. I'm done. That's a mentor. That's somebody I'm, I'm glad you broke people. that down too, because I saw a conversation on Twitter a few weeks ago. They're like, why are people charging for mentorships and all of this? It was like, if I wanted, if I wanted to be coached, I'd be going pay for a coach. And I'm glad you just broke it down like that because once again, and I, I, I rebuttaled to them. I was like, the reason that they're charging you is you're paying for their expertise and 
the and skills, their resources. That, that's the part I didn't even that think network about. right there that you just mentioned the relationship. I didn't even think about, and that's why I said it because I was like, oh man, if if I can get you on the phone with this person that's a higher up, in a the, decision it, maker yeah, in the like organization, in, in a matter of a few minutes. That cuts your time. Now you can say, okay, now I know I got this order of, let's say each athlete needs two pairs of socks now. I know I'm selling 400 socks right out the gate. So I'm glad you broke that, broke that it's down. It's our resources. And we're going to, we want to look at the detail, right? So in my mentoring program, I need to see the detail. I need to know when I'm teaching you about upsell, downsell, cross-sell, I, I teach sale before I teach marketing. Right. So I got to teach you how to sell. So when you're creating your email or your text marketing campaign, it sounds just like what we just said audibly. Why should it change? It's going to just confuse your customer. So now we do business with people that we know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. Right. We're in a relational state. Texas is a relational state. New York, California, uh, Chicago. Those are transactional states. We're, in relational states where people want to build a relationship you with you. Go, go so you're going to have hands. to go shake hands. You're going to probably going to go have lunch. You're probably going to go have some coffee. And you got to tell them what your pastor <laughs> preached on Sunday. You got to show them pictures of the dog, you know, because they want to build a relationship with you. Right. Not just a transaction. It's not just a transaction here. And when I first moved here to Texas, I struggled with that. I'm like, these people are nosy. <laughs> right but they want to build a relationship with you and then now that you have that relationship we talked about this off camera they'll open up the floodgates now yeah we want to hear in our city now go over here to this college and get it over here now does that make sense mm-hmm. so we need to then we need to be comfortable so even if you don't know me i was in in virginia speaking to a whole room full of veterans someone hired me to come and speak sent her my pay sheet and I'm thinking, I'm not, I, I don't really want the money from her. I said, baby, are you, how is ticket sales? Oh, well, you know, we got, we're going to have five, 500 veterans or whatever. I said, let's strike a deal. Keep your money. Just pay for my flight and hotel. You know, you got to feed me, but I don't need you to pay me because if you pay me to speak, I, I make less money. Hmm. Right. Break so, that down. Break that down. I need you to hop into it. Telling secrets. So my speaker fee is, is $3,500 for 30 minutes. So how much you got to pay me? So, but, because a speaker, a keynote just summarizes what everybody else said. Mm-hmm. I can't sell you anything. I can only just summarize what everybody else said. I don't want to summarize what you said and what you said. I want to talk about my own stuff, right? If you keep your money, I can make more money. My mentoring is $1,900 a person. I only got to sell two to exceed what you were going to pay me. If I can't sell to two people out of 500, I shouldn't be on the stage. That's a bar. <laughs> that is a So thing. I need an opportunity to be able to sell from the front of the room, in the middle of the room, and in the back of the room, which means I need a vendor table in the back because I got some books. I'm at least going to get some, uh, my, some food allowance, little $20 books, and I get them away. I don't travel the country to sell a $20 book. I mm-hmm. give them away. And you can buy them. The long, you know. So I asked, so what time is breakfast? She said, breakfast is at 8 o'clock. I'll be downstairs at 7.30 because I got to meet everybody. Because they don't know me. Mm-hmm. So I got to meet you to let so you can know I'm a good person. When I'm on stage, I know my content. So you can trust me. So you're going to do business with me. You're going to know me. You're going to like me. You're going to trust me. 
Now let the selling be- begin. And I may not sell. Well, you know, I need 10 people to jump up and tell me you're going to buy. I can tell you to text Dr. Cass at 21222, and all my marketing stuff comes up. Hmm. Automation. Systems. Investing right. in those so, systems. real estate people. It's through the conversation. We're going to talk about that We're going to talk about that coming back. So we do business. With, so when I left there, I, I did about 15000 did I make more money? Yes. Yeah, you was definitely going to shortchange yourself. I was going to. So when people Maybe only, I only speak to get more. paid. Oh, well, I don't know. My conference coming up, this is what they told me. Well, you had to pay me to speak. I don't even know you. Can you put butts in my seats? With Your name is Joe Blow. Joe Blow don't put. It, now, if you were Les Brown, I had Les Brown last year. Now, unless you're going to put, unless you have a well-known name that's mm-hmm, going to put mm-hmm. butts in my seat, I'm not going to pay you because I don't know you. But you would get an opportunity to, be, to get in front of my people. And I have a pretty large tribe. I can believe it. <laughs> I call it Run Tribe. <laughs> yeah, they are. Love it. I love it. Man, that's, that's real powerful, That what you just spoke on right there. Like, I don't think we think about it enough. It's a lot of just through this conversation, it's a lot about mentality, right? Uh, the mentality of getting it right now or, like, putting in the work and getting it on the back end. So I, I kind of want to go into something. We, we, we mentioned it uh, and glazed over it a few times with the minority and women business certifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we just kind of get into that? Like, first, an uh, overview of what it is and <laughs> why people that look like me, you, and Jalen need to do this. The program has been around since 1980. It was an act enacted into law by President Reagan. It was first put into place for veterans when they came back from war because they couldn't get jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then with the women's right movement, women couldn't get uh, business because they were a woman. They mm-hmm. owned their own business. So men felt that they were competing against them. So it made it fair across the board, even though we still don't get equal pay. Right. But they, we still have opportunity. So being certified minority owned woman on veteran, some people, some people said, no, I don't want it to be identified. Well, it's just a playground that I play in and the government is is a client. So they're just a client. I would never put all my eggs into one basket. Mm-hmm. Would you? I wouldn't put no. all my eggs into a high school bag- basket. If we were selling socks. I still need to talk well, to other people mm-hmm. that need. What about people that's in physical therapy because they have, you know, gout or mm-hmm. whatever, right? Arthritis. That's another one right. I thought about when you So the government, and I named her GoVet. Her name is Govet. She is a person. I, 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 my little PowerPoint, I have a wig on a gorilla. Her name is Govet, right? And Govet got money. I gave a little face, Facebook profile. You got to see my little presentation. She's cute. And I, I said, but Govet got money. She has the ability to pay you. The government ain't losing money. Mm-mm. They, she has, she can afford to pay your invoice. She, she, can, print, no she can print how much money she needs to as well. And they buy everything. They buy socks. The Bureau of Prison buy socks in bulk. They buy ice. Any race car. NASCAR, NASCAR is the long, longest sport. Racing, car racing mm-hmm. is the longest sport of any 1920s. sport. Right? And yeah. so the government, they buy books. If you bought a, if you have Sell. a book on self-help and there's religious overtones and undertones about how to get off drugs or what you did to get off, stop drinking, the Bureau of Prisons, Job Corps, were buying in bulk. Hmm. Right? So there's nothing that you're selling that the government claims they buy claims. They buy realtors. They they want realtors to take your house in eminent domain and then find you another house, right? When they widen the freeway, that's going on right now. 
right? They're widen the feeder rows on 287. And so they're going to take, so what they did, what they lowered the value of your house. Mm -hmm. People didn't even notice it. They did it three years ago. They lowered your value. They go right based on the county appraisal. We can only give you this. That's crazy. They're going to take your house in eminent domain or buy it from you for that value. And then they're going to hire a realtor to do the transaction, right? And go find you another house. And so, they buy everything. So the government says you have to be certified. The government doesn't like trees. So you have to prove that you're in business. Right? You have to, first, you have to prove you're a minority or a woman. That's on mm-hmm. your birth certificate. This is under the federal acquisition regulation. So I'm not trying to be against any kind. But those that don't remember, that's the FAR. I think Hamza still told us about it. Federal like, it acquisition regulation. Like 300 right? pages or it's, something like that? Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. If you don't like to read the Bible, you ain't going to like to read that. <laughs> and so it says you have to be born a minority or born a woman. What is a minority? It means you're black or African-American, Hispanic, Indian, American Indian, Asian, or Pan-Asian. Mm-hmm. Right? And then that minority or woman has to prove it, and then they have to prove that they own a business. And you are at least 51% owner and you participate in the business at least 51% of the time. Cause you have to remember white men have been putting their wives in the forefront to say that they own the business and they don't. So then- I was just talking to somebody about that yesterday. He works uh, with the EPA and he was telling me that like they had to change their whole grant structure because of that. Like for a long time, black people, minorities, women, they just didn't know. So that's the the old white men with their wives. Yeah. Is how they would just play so the they game. can get those contracts. But you have to understand that they're plentiful. Since George Floyd, there are so many Fortune 500 companies now that participate like never before. So right now, it is a great time to be a minority. Get certified. I mean, there's so many opportunities. If you're an event planner, we talked about DJs are hot mm-hmm. right now. People always want to know what's hot right now. Everything. Mm. Because you have to also show you have experience doing what you say your company does. So it's so much opportunity out there. That's right now, you as we know, trucking and transportation is off the chain. I mean, I, I was in Atlanta at a supply chain conference, and everything is going automated. Met this brother there. I don't know. He worked at the convention center. He said they're not going to need us anymore. And I said, well, this is the time to get you to sharpen your, your tools, dude. He said, I'm a forklift driver. I said, no, they're getting rid of y'all. They, they're all automated. It was following me around the convention. And I said, yeah, they're getting rid of y'all. But if I was you, <laughs> I would hey, sharpen what I bean. love to keep do. With them. I mean, right. That's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, I, and even him. So we were talking. I said, well, what is it that you love to do? That's what. That's the business you should start. You need to love it. You don't need to go after what's hot because it becomes a job later. Mm-hmm. It's always going to become a job. You got to absolutely love what you do. In your business. If you don't love it, don't do it. Quit. Stop, drop, and roll. Stop. Don't do it. Do what you love to do. If you only in it for the money, money is fleeting. Money is fluid. It can come and go. When it goes, then you're gone. Do what you love to do. I have a friend in Dallas. She does prayer. All she does is pray. I said, you do know there's a contract for that. Really? Yes. It goes Praying for everything. our elected officials. Wow. Yeah, somebody got to pray for them. Pay me. I pray for you all day long. And God, we trust is on our dollars, so it makes sense. So they buy everything. And so the program was put in place. And then once you get certified, it just puts you in a position for opportunity. That's all it does. It puts you in a position. So now you have to bid. Mm. 
Mm. Right? And so sometimes well, I have real quick, strategies. Dr. Cass, so what do they have to do to get the certification? Just so apply? You can apply. We do that not we do that in my office is what we do for people is every state is uh, well, every state has the program. Mm-hmm. But there's certain states that has a, a, another certification. So you can get certified minority owned, mm-hmm. woman owned in certain southern states. It's written in the state constitution that women of color cannot be certified woman owned. Don't hate the state constitution. You were all women are considered minorities in the state constitution. You gotta know what state you're in. I don't look at me like that. Y'all got to change the state constitution. I, I just follow the rules. I don't make them. So certain states, minorities. So certain states, I can't be certified woman on. We just changed you the law just in be Texas. Minority on. Just minority. You're right. Only white women can be certified woman on in certain states. Southern states, southern below the Mason-Dixon line. I can't believe that. Is Louisiana one of those states? Uh, is they below the Mason-Dixon line? I wouldn't, <laughs> yes. be, I wouldn't be surprised. So then you, we have what is called historically underutilized business. Hub, not hub zone, hub. Those are the easiest contracts to get. Hub certification. Then we have what is called disadvantaged business. All of them have the same criteria, just a different agency. And, and being DBE or disadvantaged business, anything over under... Uh, Anything over $1.25 million or anything dealing with the Department of Transportation or public safety. So you may say, well, my truckers, uh, um, freight brokers, all of them need have to be certified DBE disadvantaged. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they deal with public highways or roads. But then again, you have signs. Those people that create signs on the side, of, that's marketing. People that cut the grass on the side of the freeway still need to be DBE, but that's landscape. Irrigation systems. Sewer system, picking up trash, cutting down trees, mm. all of that still, you understand? So you may mm. not be driving, or maybe you just put you just doing power washing. Because mm-hmm. they power wash those signs, because somebody got to see them, right? We're putting in lights, electrical, right? Digital signs. So mm. DBE, so there's a lot of opportunity out there. Right now, uh, uh, educational consultants. Remember those school teachers that they ain't going back to school. So they're, they, they're creating what are called pods in the neighborhood, and they're teaching your kids. Really? Educational consultants are hot right now. People to write different curriculum after school programs because now kids can go back to school. Kids, so it ain't just sports because these kids are failing. They need tutors or educational consultants. So it's And a it's a lot. contract for that. It's a contract for everything. Sheesh. Yeah. It's a contract for people that make baskets for gifts. Like the chocolates and all of that? Yeah, cheer people to teach cheerleading. That's a kind. There's a lot of them right now. This, so we keep thinking it's just construction services and things like that. It's mm-hmm. everything. That goes back to, is that the NICS code? Understanding? NICS code. NICS. Understanding your NICS code. Mm-hmm. Understanding that or you're sick code. or you're NIGP. It all depends on county. It's NIGP. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, you start talking about the cash. Like you you start talking about yeah, the, 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 the alphabet, alphabet games. Yeah. So we know the NAICS code. They taught us about NAICS code. Let's stick to NAICS because if not, it'll confuse folks. Okay. okay, okay. Well, I, I kind of want to get into everything uh, just to break it down. So the NAICS code, that's the one that identifies what line of business you're in. So does your sick and your NIGP codes. So what is SICK and NIGP. So SICK was first. SICK mm-hmm. stands for your standard information code. Okay. Right? Same thing as your NAICS, but your cities may require you to have a SICK code. Mm. 
or maybe a Fortune 500 company may require you to have a SIC code. Your NIGP code is always county. Gotcha. Sometimes federal. NIGP? Mm-hmm. Okay. I appreciate you taking these notes, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> we got questions. That we get, we getting answers today, baby. So I wrote a book called How to Drop a Dime on the Government, and all of those codes are in it. How to yeah, drop a dime, dime on, the, on government. the government? Do you have a copy here with you? No, name, dog. I think I may have one here. I don't know. I was like, oh, we'd have put it up there. <laughs> but all those codes are in there, and you got to know them, and they should be on your capability statement. Mm. Okay, so we we've heard of the capability statement. Usually, just a one pager. It's right? a one pager about your business. It's never written in first person. Mm-hmm. And it's just giving an overview of like hmm, what so I can So it's do. always in third person, like because you're talking about the business, not you. Okay, so we'll say Black Wealth Renaissance. We do this, we do that. We've served these clients. We okay, right? Mm-hmm. Not I, because I didn't do anything. It's the company. The business did it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dang. Well, what else you was getting into with it? Mm, Damn. So all these codes will get you. So, yeah, so whatever your next codes say, mm-hmm. and even if, you like, on your certification, it'll list your next codes, but they can only put so many on the front of your certification. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can't bid on something that's not a part of what's on your certification. Mm. About how long does it take for the certification to So in be Texas, um, you're, it's taking about 60 to 90 days. Okay. It's, it's not a, a one-stop shop, or it's not like what's good for you could be d- good for this the cameraman over here, I'm sorry, I don't know your name. But E on the board. E on the Mr. board. That's Ariana. your name. E on, on the board is your last name. <laughs> so just like with E, what if E still works a job and you don't? Mm-hmm. So E is gonna have another document that he has to provide. Maybe mm-hmm. two more. So there's so it's not like, oh, I can do cert it's funny because people go, Oh, Cassandra, I do certifications. And I'm like, Oh my God, congratulations. Because <laughs> you, you know, you're not my competition. Because what I do is based on relationships. Right. So then it's always for Cassandra. I had an issue with the agency. Mm. What, what, what do I do? Cause they denied my client. I'm not about to charge you for that. Business. This is business. So it's not because you did your own. Now you can do everybody else's cause there's so many different variables. Mm-hmm. Right. So many, just like our veterans there's so many different variables for them. And so it's, it's just amazing. I love what I do. I just love it. And so, Get, then you have to bid RFPs. Mm-hmm. You have to know how to read them. Glad you brought it up because that's where I wanted to go next. RFPs are called requests for a proposal. The, the entity or the government agency or the private entity is requesting you to to submit a proposal based on the scope of work. Mm-hmm. So you say, okay, I can do the scope of work, right? They need. I submit me. my capability statement. No, you don't. You're going to submit a proposal. Okay, so you now don't, if you, you don't anything your under twenty five thousand dollars, you're going to submit a capability statement. You're oh, going to okay. submit. You're going to okay. go and present. Gotcha. When you're bidding, That's when I don't have to bid. When you're bidding. You're going to, now they're digital, thank God. Before you had to write them, it sounded like the Bible said, you shall respond on <laughs> March 1st at 2 p.m. on white paper, 8.5 by 11, size 12 aerial font. Use Time New Roman if you want to, you're going to lose. So they're that specific. Yeah. So you can look at the scope, everybody look at the scope and go, okay, they're looking for someone to create a podcast for the city or whatever. Okay, we can do that. We got the camera, we got E on the board we got all of this we got microphones we can do it but then you have to look you have to attend the pre-bid meeting you go well, I don't, why i need to do that because let's say i go and i have 
equipment. I'm a podcast company. And I said, hey, uh, does this proposal include me bringing my entire team? Because I didn't see it anywhere in the proposal. Because it sounds like you're just looking for a one-man person, but I need a whole team to put this on. Can I include my employees? Oh, we didn't consider that. Well, we need to do an amendment. If you didn't attend the pre-bid meeting, you don't get a copy of the amendment. So you're submitting a proposal based, for, on, the other based on the first proposal, not including the amendment, that now you can add for the cost of bringing in a team, your whole production team. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. No, that so sense. now you go to, you find that out, you go to the pre-bid meeting, you meet everybody at the pre-bid meeting because those are the only people that can bid. If you didn't attend, you really can't bid. Because well, you're going to lose because you don't, no, what's on the amendment. Mm-hmm. Then the other things you have to look at is the requirements. You can do the scope. The requirements may say you have to have $2 million in liability insurance. Whoa. How much is that going to cost us? Not too bad, right? Not really. They're like 40 bucks a month. And you got to have workers' comp. The only Texas said we ain't got to have. Well, this contract says you have to have workers' comp. Mm-hmm. On all your team. Or it could say that your team have to be W-2s versus W-9s. You say, oh, I don't want to shoulder that expense because now I got to take out unemployment tax. And now E's check going to be short. You know, he ain't going to show up for less money. Right? So those those things could cause you not to bid. Mm -hmm. It's the requirements. Not scope of work. It's the requirements. Scope of work plus requirements equal capacity. Do you have the capacity to bid? The next thing you got to look at is what? When do you get paid? Because they don't pay you up front. It's like either net 15 or net 30, or it could say 15 days or 30 days, not net. You have to read it. Mm -hmm. Net 30 does not mean you're going to get paid in 30 days. Net 30 means you got 30 days to do the work and submit an invoice. They got 30 days to receive it and review it, then 30 days to issue payment. That's 90 days. Can E go 90 days without you paying him? E quitting. Tell you right now. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Right? I got bills. So this is not a program for everybody. That's Mm -hmm. why I tell people don't put all your eggs into a government basket. Or it could say net 30. Or it could say 30 days. 30 days means you'll get paid in 30 days. You got to submit that invoice and then they'll pay you in 30 days. Right? From the day that you submitted the invoice. Mm -hmm. So you have to read all of that. Because people go, well, I, I did the work and they didn't even pay me. Well, did you submit an invoice? Did you submit it the right way? Because mm. most cities now say you have to submit it through their portal. Mm-hmm. Create a login. I used to know I emailed it to them or I handed it to them. That ain't how they told you to send it. Got to follow the instructions. You have to follow the instructions. So that's bidding. I like losing contracts. I love to lose. Losing is winning. Break that down. Explain that to me. Why is that? So I met you at the pre-bid meeting. I love being number two. I'm never number one. You always know. I'm number two. My name is Cassandra number two breast. Because if you won that contract, don't you need help? 
You sure will. To Don't you it. want somebody just as good as you to help you fulfill that contract or at least handle the old clients you have because now you're focusing on this million-dollar contract? You get subcontracted out to Don't them. you need number two? I'm just as good as you just by look, not, but I'm right under you. You need number two. That would be me. And now you don't have to go through all the requirements. I sure don't. All of the- or if if we both bid on that contract and I lost, I, I'm going to go get what is called the abstract. I'm going to get a copy of your proposal. If it's a one-year contract in eight months, it comes up again. I'm going to prepare my proposal just like yours. Didn't I say I type 80 words a minute? <laughs> That's legal. Mm. You it's can't all even, public you can't information. Even, it's public information, but you cannot get the abstract if you never attended the pre-bid meeting or bid it on the contract. I can prove I bid. I need a copy of his abstract. So these pre-bid meetings, are they hosting these over Zoom or you have to pull up to like city council each meetings? One, each one is different. Some of them are in-house. Some of them are face-to-face. Some of them are on Zoom now. You have to read them. Each one is different. And, and with these, are they advertising and marketing that, hey, we have these contracts? Uh, how do you know I should be looking for these things? Where, where are you going to find that type of information? Out? We're in Texas. Texas computers don't talk to each other. So just because you're certified, don't nobody know you're certified, but you're in the certifying agency. Hmm. So you have to get registered as a vendor with every city, county, state, school district, and public and private entity like DART, BNSF, everybody has their own registration portal. To be like a, is that like supplier diversity? Or, yes. Um, you have to go and become a vendor. Just like we're in the, if you were in the city of Arlington, you would have to go and get registered as a vendor. And then you have a right to go and talk to procurement. You, If you even say, hey, I want to know what, are you registered? But I just want, are you registered? It's like that If you're not registered as a vendor, we're wasting our time. Right. So they don't even want to talk to you. But once you're registered as a vendor, now you want to go in and talk to them about that low bid or low hanging fruit, mm. anything under $25,000. Mm. Are you a reg? I am a registered vendor. And I, I, here's my capability statement. Are you certified? Here, here's a copy of my certification. What do you have that's under $25,000? I got my truck out back. I got all my equipment. We can be podcasting right now. Mm. I go there ready to do the work. Show up, show up and show them like, look, because I they got to get it. rid of it. Yeah. Somebody got to do it. And guess what? When we don't bid on contracts, they go to white males. Mm. So if you go to a pre-bid meeting or agenda to build capacity where this is four times a year that each entity, they all come together. Like they just had one here in Arlington called hard hat. That was all the construction contracts with every city, county, state in Dallas and Tarrant County and fortune 500 companies and all the joint ventures that are going on in low income housing and all this stuff that's going on. They all came together on the program called hard hat. And now you can meet all of them. So I, so people that I'm mentoring, I said, okay, all y'all get together. You better have a capability statement. Don't you show up? My people know. So I had a whole group. Okay, he does power washing. What you got for him? Oh, my, he, he came, here's my capability statement. Oh, you came prepared. These are my people. My people know better. I'm like, you know, I wear a belt necklace. I deal with boys. So, you know, that's what you got to have. You want to make sure you're going to those meetings. Dallas have them all the time. Dallas, the city of Dallas, the county of Dallas, DISD, DART, DFW Airport, they're always coming together. Just got to 
be in the room, be present. To you want to go and find out what do you have for you fall under professional services. If you do podcasting, what do you have available? Do you have your capability statement? I sure do. What are your next codes? Oh my God. Look on here. Sometimes they'll print them out for you. See if your next codes are on here. And you need to make sure you have the right next codes mm-hmm. because I, I have 21. You can have, have multiple next codes in one, in one business. Codes. Everybody got more than one. I have 21. My realtors are also general contractors. So My claims adjusters are also general contractors. What do general contractors do in Texas? Number one, we don't have to be licensed. Number two, we orchestrate trades. Mm-hmm. If you were a realtor and you're selling the house and you're trying to sell me a house, oh, my God, the roof is leaking. Let me get you a roofer. Oh, my God, the plumbing. Oh, let me get you a plumber. I just want you to buy this house. facilitating trades. Orchestrating trades. So you are a general contractor and you're a project manager. That's some game, dog. That's why you should have me doing your your stuff. So that's but you should be doing that. You should make sure you got the NASCO. So it's when you get ready to expand, right? Mm -hmm. Diversify. You can diversify into what? General contracting. Hey dude, I'm gonna find me a GC that can handle all of that, right? Mm-hmm. I want to, I want, Hey, don't you want to bid on some contracts? If I get opportunities for contracts as a certified minority business and fund it through my business, which means I'm doing what? Taking the risk. You going to name me as an insured on your policy. Cause guess what? If you Mess work, the, I'm going to do what? File a claim against yeah. your insurance company. Cause I've been injured. Hmm. So when the pandemic hit, I did the same thing. Because what, construction is is financed five years in advance. So when the pandemic hit, I said, I'm a general contractor. I'm going to get some GCs, some work. I'm on 25% off the top on the first draw. So I only want anything a million and over. You got to be insurable over at least 10 million. That's the only thing I was looking for. Anything over ten million? Don't be trying to count my money at 25%. I already did it. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty that's nice, like the math, right now, you know, <laughs> that's pretty nice, bro. You gonna sign my contract? I take out all arbitration clauses because I don't want to go to arbitration. This is basic contract law. Hmm. I'm good at putting liens on your your own house. I'm putting lien on that. Let's all go back to your litigation back in the back in the day. We have every right to do it. Hmm. I'm putting lien on everything you got, bro. Dang, that's hard, and. It's something else I kind of want to pivot into because, you know, you talked about if you don't ask for it, they're going to give it away. So, and we were talking about this off camera where we were talking about the American Rescue Plan. (laughs) And yeah, I told you, I was coming back to that. (laughs) We're talking about the American Rescue Plan. You refer to it as ARPA. Um, Some of these incentives that they got going on right now for the small businesses. Can we talk about what's going on and that deadline? I think you said it was June 1st. ARPA is not just business. I have to say this. It has to do with healthcare, technology, Mm -hmm. arts, right? Infrastructure, infrastructure, all of that. But there is a, there is a sub paragraph in it. that talks about for small minority businesses in marginalized communities. Mm Mm-hmm. So there is money set aside for small minority businesses in marginalized communities. And so that's that's what we're going after. 
And so right now, if that's what your company does, you help small businesses in marginalized communities. Or you guys are under technology. You have to look at, like, there's a program out that if kids between the ages of 12 and 17 get free iPads or tablets and computers and free Internet for a year and all this other stuff. I know that. Yeah. (laughs) All of that's under there. But if you can teach technology... Anything dealing with technology, isn't the camera fall under technology? Yes, so you're teaching a trade. Most of these kids or teens want to be what YouTube influencers. Oh, TikTokers. Yeah, all that. (laughs) But if you are teaching that because they can't learn it in schools, there's money for that. You just have to have the programming in your proposals. So every state received ARPA money. Mm -hmm. You need to figure out how much did your county and your city received and then you target that city if that city is a marginalized community which you can find that out in the u.s census bureau right how many minorities are in this city how many minority then you prepare your proposal accordingly Hmm. so what technically defines a marginalized community just that there's a minority presence is it income is it a combination it's normally low income or you have a majority minority, but most cities don't know how many small businesses that they have in a city period. Mm-hmm. So you have to say, well, how you can say as you can ask any city, how many, how many businesses do you have to get small business? They're going to tell you, I don't know because they don't know. Well, how many minority business? Cause we know that minority businesses or minority owned businesses did not have access to capital. Just mm-hmm. like when, the mortgage situation happened and we they we were getting them big balloon payments or they wouldn't giving us our fair share with housing and real estate. Same thing with business when the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And so you look at those small businesses that suffered. You look, I, I love to say this, the pandemic and with George Floyd turned things around for us mm. because when you look at those businesses that could not get funding before the pandemic, like restaurant, mm-hmm. Construction, right? Restaurant. You own a restaurant, yeah, you can forget it. Don't even come talk to us about chicken, right? But guess what saved most cities during the pandemic? Food, because we still ate. Yep, we were yeah. eating. Was it Grubhub or is it yeah, one of them? DoorDash. All Grubhub them. has a grant out because of ethnic foods who are not a part of Grubhub. So they created a grant. They go, wait a minute. So y'all like neck bones and chitlins. <laughs> But we could, what was really some kind of Taiwanese food. Yeah, yeah, honest, I, but I we'll just say, like but you was like cooking that. neck bones and chitlins, and nobody could get it right. They was they were losing money, right? Mm-hmm. So how can we get you to mass produce in a kitchen where you can make a lot, so we can come and get it, mm-hmm. and they can still make their percentage, so they have a grant. You have to go through their programming for it. Most people don't even know it's there. It's been there. Wow. Since the pandemic, Grubhub is smart. What did they do? They pivot. Hold on. We were not focused on ethnic foods. It was really Taiwanese. Mm-hmm. But you start looking at every other culture that loved a certain type of food that they couldn't get when the pandemic hit on delivery. Who delivered that bomb? It's like you said, though, it's the it's never it's not a better. Now is the best time almost. For minority business owners, because though it's unfortunate what happened to George Floyd, Floyd. Mm-hmm. like you said, it opened the floodgates and really like turned the attention on for 
minority-owned businesses for us to get this money. It's it a lot turned, of money out there. It turned a lot of media attention onto what was happening to our black men mm -hmm. that were going on in America. But what it did was, because if you look at the Civil Rights March in Selma, we think it was only black people that marched. The movie Selma had to open our eyes that there were more white Catholic mm -hmm. and Baptist preachers that marched on the front line that got killed. Right. With King. So when we look at now, when George Floyd, he set it set the tone to young white Americans to say, hey, wait, my black friends been telling me this all along. Like you saw the kids turning their parents over in Grapevine about the what mm -hmm. happened at the White House. Right. Or at the Capitol. So you're seeing kids now they're saying, wait a minute, this really is happening. Right. We black men are getting killed for driving while black. They are being because I this is my own personal opinion. When that police officer had his knee on George's neck and called out for his mama, every mother felt that heard that cry, regardless of color. You got to be heartless if you couldn't. So it changed the trajectory of America when the pandemic hit and more people died from that. It changed the trajectory of what was happening in the nation, not just America. When you saw what happened to small minority businesses during the pandemic, we suffered because even though we had EIDLs and PPP, we couldn't get access. Why? To existing tools that already was in place, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't, we didn't have a financial statement. We didn't know we had to have year-end balance sheets because Pookie and them been doing our taxes or whoever was doing them. We didn't have They've it. They've been using TurboTax, self-prepared. We didn't know that we couldn't go to SBA because we had most of us hadn't been in business for three years, but we can show that we were making profit. Mm -hmm. But we didn't have a profit loss statement. Mm. So we couldn't get access. And then if you know anything about SBA, I mean, I mentored for SCORE for 10 years. And it's, it's a mousetrap. So if you came to me and I'm a score mentor, right? It's free. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tell you, well, I like your business and I like you making socks, right? But you need to get a business plan, son. You need to get a business plan and we're going to help you get some capital and buy mass produced socks. You're like, yes, yeah, what I want, right? So I'm going to tell you on our website are tools for you to make a business plan. You said, but I'm busy. I still got to sell socks. I don't have time to do a business plan. I'm going to do what? I'm going to pay somebody to do this business plan. Mm -hmm. That's what I would do. So you pay somebody, you take your nice business plan back to score. Here it is. Help me so I can mass produce these socks. I need a, a warehouse. This is now you need to go where? To SBDC. SBDC still falls under SBA just like score. You go to SBDC. SBDC said, well, you have, you know, you still don't know about QuickBooks and there's some training you're going to need. You know about, you know, systems and processes and you need a warehouse and what then supply chain. You should take these classes that we have. So you take the classes. You go back to SBDC. You're done. Mm -hmm. As you said, now I need to talk to SBA. They send you to SBA. SBA says, we don't loan money. We have lending partners. The banks, right? It's the banks. Those, uh, what are they called? MDEs and uh, MDIs or something? So you need to go to the bank. You go CDI, to the bank. CFIs. And the bank says you have to talk to underwriting. You had to make it up. So now you talk to underwriting. Underwriting says, well, we would love to get the money, but you haven't been in business for three years. No, you just did all of that for nothing. At least you know the process now, though. Which is why what we're doing is a little bit, that's, that's our proposals now and what we're doing, but... 
for some a small business, that's frustrating. It's extreme. Yeah, that, that can went through all these steps. You I went did. through all those steps. You you just they just sent you on this wild goose chase for what reason? You didn't have the right information in the beginning. No. Did you learn some along the journey? Yes. But then it 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 goes back to why minority businesses do not like the government. Mm. Let's talk about it. We always feel like we're getting jacked around. Because we feel like we're being jacked around. Why didn't you just tell me this when I first approached you? You told me I needed a business plan. Why didn't you tell me I haven't been in business for three years? I can't. I don't qualify for SBA. Well, do I qualify for conventional lending? Hard money lending. Banks are not going to tell you about hard money lending. Mm-hmm. They could have sent you to a wealth manager. They could have sent you to... Uh, some now you can get your loans based on your receipts. But they're not getting commissions off of that. Not SBA, but there are lenders out there that will loan you money based on your deposit receipts. Dang. But we don't know to do that. Mm-hmm. Which is why I go back to you need to make sure you're in masterminds. Get you a mentor or a coach that know this kind of stuff. Right. I got, I met a guy at an event and he says, we do lending based on receipts. I said, um, I need, send me some research, send me some of your stuff. He did. So I did research on him. Mm-hmm. I liked the company. I was in Atlanta, Georgia. This was last week. We, yeah. Yeah. Last week I was sitting, I was sitting in a restaurant. I said, dude, I'm gonna go outside. I'm gonna send you three clients right now. If you, if you mess over any of my clients, I'm coming for you. Cause I baby my clients. All three of them. Oh, yeah, I talked to them. I've sent them my receipts. I didn't get what I, I wanted, but I got some money. That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. But it's based on your receipts. You got to show that you have income. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not, this is not for startups. This is for businesses that have gotten, they're some already kind of in, income. The, yeah. in the process of making business. And, you know, I love that because we talk about this often. A lot of people always like, I want to get my business started. I, I was just talking to uh, my barber. He was like, I want to get into the rental car business. I have a few rental cars. I was telling them how it goes, how to get started. And he's like, yeah, man, I got my LLC and all this other stuff. It's like, do you have a car making money? No, I don't have that yet. It's like, I think a lot of times with minorities, we think we, we've put focus on having just the paperwork part without having the money part. Well, at least they got that because yeah. the people I talk to, they don't have anything. We, I think I, my mentality on it has always been you should you can start it under your personal name. You can start it as the sole proprietorship. You're technically a business the second you start making money. Once the business makes money, let that pay for incorporating all that because now you have a proof of concept. You don't just have an idea. We made that mistake ourselves. We thought that getting an LLC was going to make our wholesaling business look legit. We never got our first deal. We never closed the deal. We, we got some under contract, didn't close it. Interesting story. Our listeners have heard it before. Uh, but I just think it is putting that emphasis back on making money. Like, that's always got to be it. Whenever, What are you in business for? To make money. That, that's just kind of what I was thinking on it. Well, a lot of people, if you're going to spend the money, spend the money right mm-hmm. first time. That's what I believe in. I don't believe, so I always look at liability and risk because I have an insurance claim background. Mm -hmm. So I always think if I start something and I use my name, what could they take that I personally own? Mm -hmm. Even if I mess up out the gate, Mm -hmm. 
They can take my house. They can put a lien on my house. In Texas, if I have more than one car and it's just me, they can put a lien on my car. That constable can couldn't take that car, right? Because you can only have one, mm-hmm. right? So I started thinking, I think risk. Mm-hmm. So I have to make sure I'm structured right first mm-hmm. in case I make a boo-boo up front. Mm-hmm. So I have to always take, make sure that nothing of mine personally is ever taken. Another thing that I want to say, all these people tell me they're a boss. I'm a boss. I'm a boss, baby. I'm a female boss. You're not a boss. Stop. I cannot, that, that you want to get on my bad side. Tell me you're a boss. It's something about that that triggers this unhealthy attitude that I'll I'll have because I'm a business owner. I need team. Mm Mm-hmm. If you call my office, I don't run nothing in here. My assistant tell me who I'm talking to, what time I'm talking to, and what we're talking about. I love it. I don't want to run nothing. Okay, so just like today, she was, Cassandra, I registered you for a thing, and it's going to, I said, how much? Okay, just you get the money. I, you know where it's at, right? I don't want to know. Just tell me where I'm supposed to go mm-hmm. and what I'm supposed to say. I have a team. I don't want to be the boss. The toilets don't work. We have a building manager. I don't want to know about it. I want you to, I want you to be a leader mm-hmm. and I want you to solve the problem. My job is to go out and bring in business and build those relationships so we can grow and expand. That's my job. You can't do that. If you I can't all do your that, if I'm trying to figure out why the toilet won't flush, I'm not a plumber. I don't know. Yeah. Right. What's the number to the building manager? Mm-hmm. Right. So we need to make sure I love it that you're at least telling them to start that. I get people that are called me to tell me, well, I'm thinking about, I'm thinner. Well, you call me once you have, and then I can help you get to point B as a mentor. Or if you want to get certified, we can do that. We can do your structure for you. Right. But what I cannot do is give you vision and I will never always look at liability and risk. I don't care who you are. So if that's the business you started, I would, you know, I would make sure I'm incorporated. Whether it's an INC or an LLC, and everybody mm-hmm. don't need to be an LLC, right? Because people want to, if you, like, well, I'm here, I'm a boss, I'm the CEO, not an LLC, you're not. Sure. You're right. a manager or a member. You're not a CEO. <laughs> so let's. So that tells me right now, you don't know what you're talking about. Because you're going to be one of the two whenever you're doing your formal incorporation papers. Right. So when I see, oh, I'm, 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 I'm the president CEO of an LLC. No, you're not. Especially if you're a single member LLC. And why would you even tell somebody you're the president and CEO? They just tell me who to sue. So now I'm going to sue the company and you. And even if you, the person, didn't do anything, you still going to pay money to get out of the lawsuit as a defendant. You're going to pay something. So you should have just did what I asked you to do. So that's all it does. So stop telling people. Who needs to know you're the president, CEO, or the manager? Let me see. My mama. The bank. If I'm getting certified. I just ran out of people. I'm a consultant. All day. Every day. That's what my business cards say. If you meet me on the street, what do you do? I'm a consultant. I'm a small business consultant. Yeah, you don't need to know everything else about it. I work for my company. I draw a salary. I draw a measly salary in case the IRS, I barely get that. You hear that, IRS? <laughs> Mind your business. <laughs> I get paid a salary. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. 
that will only get you the rapper Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. That's all we need. To- That's all we need to know. I'm an employee of my company. My company, the one that called the shots. Right. And the people that work here is the company. They get to call the shots. I don't want to call them. I just want to go out, build relationships, gain access to opportunities, and execute them. Mm. Love it. Spe- speaking of building relationships, uh, you mentioned it a few <laughs> times, too, getting in the room with people. I, I, I want to talk about the Run Business Conference <laughs> yeah. because that's coming up in July in Texas, July 15th and 16th, and that's really a great opportunity, not for somebody to come in and learn about some of the great things we've been talking about, but really get in the room and build those relationships. Like you said, Texas is a socialite state. You got to be in front of these yeah, people. And like relations, we said at the beginning, I believe it was, you invest your time, your, you invest into people, real estate, and systems. Mm-hmm. This is a great way to invest in people. Can we talk about the Run Business Conference a Man, little bit? Man, our 10th year, uh, we Let's will go. have a lot of those uh, procurement officers there. I'll have DISD, Dallas Community College. All of them are coming. Tarrant County will be there. Dallas County will be there. They're coming. I have uh, our certifying agencies will be there. They're coming with opportunities because they know a lot of people that follow me are already certified. So if you're in construction service, I have somebody in there that's going to be talking about how to start a construction business. Uh, you're in trucking and transportation. I have a lot of those people that's going to be about being a dispatcher or a freight broker. Uh, Eric is going to be there talking about compliance with cheat code. Uh, we're going to have people talking about how to do business by land, air, and sea. There are brothers buying airplanes. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be in there talking to you how to compete with DH, DHL Air. We have people that's going to be there talking about, oh, my God, so much stuff, business, anything relating to business. Then we have a teen conference. Teen conference going on 12 to 17. Uh, we partner with My Brother's Keepers, My Sister's Keepers, which is a President Barack Obama's program. We have the Gentleman's Society, young men between the ages of 12 and 18, where they teach them how to be a gentleman, teach them how to go and uh, complete college applications, all this stuff. I've been knowing about the Gentleman's Societies for 20-something years. They will be there. We we partner with Girls Inc. So we have we're gonna have about two hundred and twenty five teens to come out and get some good information. And they have their own conference. They got their own DJ. They got their own stuff going on. But the one thing that they have to do, which is something that I asked my people who's over that section of the conference, they have to come out and just interview. Mm. Uh, entrepreneurs. So we have podcasts like uh, we call it a uh, media role. We have people that's going to be broadcasting live. So hopefully you guys can oh, be there. We, we pull up. So you, if you're looking for somebody to interview, you have a whole bunch of people there. And so they, those teens, and I love them, they have to come out and ask you five questions and you can ask them the same five questions. What made you want to start a business? Where did you get the idea from? How much money did it start? And how do you like owning your own business? So you got to ask them what kind of business you want to start. How much money do you have? How much money do you think it's going to cost you? Mm. Right? Because they need to know Mm. that it's not free to start a business. It's going to cost you something. So we have people that's going to be talking about how to do business in Dubai and South Africa because you you need a license to go over there and do conferences. You just just can't go over there talking about I'm going to do a conference in Dubai. You're going to jail. It's going to be something (laughs) like a $10,000 fine. So how to do business internationally. Mm -hmm. So if you guys know uh, Shaq Teasley, 
out of Atlanta, Georgia. She is the GOAT on supply chain. How to do business by land, air, and sea. How to do to business uh, uh, cargo. How to get that cargo out the middle of the ocean. All of us. How to buy FedEx lanes. How to buy the whole uh, Fed FedEx uh, trucks with the lanes. Hmm. Yeah. So we have a lot I of stuff. Know FedEx it. trucks was independently owned. Yeah, like we, I know people coming in and buying them like that. Yeah, we have forms going on real estate. How to flip homes. A lot of people think that you can just flip a home. You're going to make all this money. <laughs> you better know what's going on with the house. If if Big Mama's about to die, does she have a will? If not, you need to have some trust. You can follow trust. Yeah. At the Secretary of State. So the house don't end up in probate. So how do you do that? Yet. How do you buy houses on tax liens? Mm. Not just foreclosures, because you can buy houses on tax liens. So how do you do so? We have all kind of form. We have a whole money form. We have people talking about when do you need an investor versus an angel investor. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I need an investor because I want to start my business. I, why, why would I want to give you money? Are you making money? Mm-hmm. Show me. Have you not watched Shark Tank? <laughs> That's the I get first calls question they every ask. week, Cassandra. I want you to invest in my business. How much money is it making? What is your numbers? <laughs> they can't tell me. Well, why would I want to invest in your business and you're not even making money? You ain't I got am- no skin in the game, right? How much did you put in there? But you want me to give you ten thousand dollars today, based on when you're going to make a profit. So how do you even how do you present to an angel investor how to get hard money lending? How to get SBA loans. So we having a whole money talk. We, we talking. Said, you calling it the run business conference. In my head, I was like, man, it sounds like the run of the bag conference. Yeah. Like, we this got, this wealth you, is 26 speakers, and I'm telling you, they are coming with their A game. And, uh, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion and equity. I, I like to talk about culture. Mm-hmm. So the lady that's talking on, I'm like, you got to include culture because I do things based on my culture. Because I told you before, I'm, I'm not just African-American, right? So, you know, we're Chata. Right. So my daughter got to go to school for free in Oklahoma. Right. But we got to we we got to do culture. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's things that we we do as a culture from being Indian that maybe you wouldn't do as being an African-American or mm-hmm. things that we we hold dear. Right. So we have to talk about what is our culture? Where did we come from? Why did that shape us to where we are today? What are you pulling out of those things that are you're culturally bound to? But then how do you change mindset? I have a girl coming from New York. She has a program called Check Your Chicken. It talks about the different self-defeating mindsets that we have. Oh, you know, they don't like me because I'm this or they don't like me. So we talk about those self-defeating mindsets. And then she turned them into a chicken, so chicken dinner. So chicken and gravy means you're messy, Mm. right? You know, uh, I think it's fire or hot chicken means that you're always hot-headed. Right. But so it's funny, but it gets you to thinking about this could be some of the things that's causing me not to move forward because I have been labeled these things. And I hold on to it. And I hold on. Why? Well, they don't like me. So what? Well, wait a minute. Isn't the objective is to get clients. So if you're getting told too many times you're a hothead. You need to make some changes. You got to make the change. So when people go, well, you the boss, Cassandra, you get to go to work whenever you want. No. My boss is God. That means I got to be here first. Mm. I'm here first. I'm probably the last one to leave. Right? But I'll run nothing while I'm here, and I love it. But guess what? It's because it's my business. I still have to work. Mm-hmm. Right? And guess what? I have to be accountable. So when I leave, I have to tell her where I'm going. Well, I'm getting ready to go over here, then I'm going over there, and then I'm going to call you around 3 o'clock. 
And I know she, my sister and mom is going, you the boss. You ain't got to tell me. I'm not the boss. I have to be accountable to you because guess what? I want you to do the same thing to me if you're mm-hmm. not here. Right? I want you to tell me. So I tell, listen, I'm not going, I'm, I'm running late this morning. I overslept. So I should be there in like 20 minutes. Why do I do that? Because in case somebody calls or there's an emergency, she knows what to. She knows what to say. She yeah. she doesn't have to lie for me. I'm gonna call you, girl. I'm running late. I overslept, or I went to this meeting. I didn't tell you. I'm on. I'm on twenty. I'm on my way. I should be there in twenty minutes. And she's like, okay, well, nothing's going on. Or somebody called and they asked about this. Well, can you call them back and tell them this? But I'll be there in twenty minutes, and I'll take their call as soon as I get there. Right. I have to be accountable. And I think we need to operate in integrity and character Mm -hmm. when we're in business. We may own the business, but we have to operate that way. Why? Because I won't repeat business. Word of mouth is the best business. How you get word of mouth? Doing great work. You do great work. And you handle people well. I hope so. But uh, what you said there, um, as you said, like God, your boss made me think uh, servant leadership is the real, the like the description of what that is is you don't come in like, like going back to what you said about that boss mentality. Everybody want to be a boss and being a boss a lot of times entails I come in, you do what I say, da da da. When it's not really always that way. What it really is is like you're providing, you're leading by example, like Jalen said. Mm-hmm. You're coming in and showing people this is how I work, and it makes people want to work more whenever you're doing it versus coming in and. You do this, you do that. This person do this. All right, I'm gonna go sit down on my ass and watch y'all work. No, I ask. I hey, do you have time to stop and do this? My sister could say no. I hope not. <laughs> but she could. She said no because you told me to do this by two o'clock. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, well, let me take part of that so we can get this done. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But I ask her. I don't tell her to do anything. She's a person. I have to respect her. It's just like I'm promoting her. Well, what is it you want to do? Write me up a job description. Let me see if I can handle that. Why? Because I need her to have ownership here. I want her to want to come back to work every day. Right? I don't want her to dredge coming here. Mm-hmm. Friday, we were sitting here, and we were just grunting. And I said, you know what? I quit. Let's just go home. And so she looked at me. I said, I'm paid for the whole day. We're leaving. It's 1230. We're out. And she said, are you serious? I'm like, we've been working our tails off. We're going home. I don't want to be sunny outside. Let's go. And we just left. Now, this morning I came by, I came in over the weekend and heard all the voicemails and messages, but we needed to leave because we've been doing, dealing with a lot of this ARPA stuff. We've just been going toe-to-toe and fighting with folks that we, I'm like, we had it. That's not who we are. We, we have to be, you know, we have to get back into the right mindset. We need peace in the office. Mm-hmm. Right? So Monday we're going to have peace. But well, we out of here today. I like that. Love Sometimes it. you just got to take a break and reset. That's what we did. And I, and, and so I want people to like coming here, you know? Love it. Uh, I, we, we went in a segue. Okay. I wanted conference. to, yes, I wanted to keep talking about the conference <laughs> the because conference, like, it's going to be a lot of great information. It's going to be a lot. We have, we're, I'm graduating now. 26 people that went through my mentoring program this mm. year. There's graduations going on. We have networking that night. We have, State folks and federal folks coming in with contracts. We got, um, man, we have a golf tournament networking that Sunday. So it really, really goes into that Sunday. I just think I just want to drive some golf carts. Hey, and so you, you're a golfer. 
I, I, I know what I, I I've only had two lessons. I'm in lessons right now. I gotta learn I, since we're having a golf tournament. And it's to raise money for our teens so that our teens never have to pay. That's what's up. Because I gotta feed them. Y'all gotta know my food and beverage bill for these kids. But <laughs> we never want our teens to have to pay to come to the conference. So right now we have we have one group that we gotta get a bus for. So we're trying to, we're looking at sponsors. I just went out and met with some sponsors over the weekend. I'm like, look, I need $1,600 to get these kids from Fort Worth to the conference because they don't have transportation. So I got 120 kids. I need a bus. So y'all need to put your money together, take up an offer in the church. So, because we don't want our kids to have to, mm-hmm. I don't want, I don't want them to have to pay. I want us to be able to pull out of them. Boston. And foster the dream. That's what I want to do. And so we have people that designated. I don't know if you guys have heard of Ricky Clark. Ricky Clark is really good um, with dealing with kids. He's uh, a person that's running our teen entrepreneur program at the conference. And I think we have nine speakers for them talking about money, a lot about money. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a pivotal time. But he talks about the history of African-American business and how when we you know he talks more than just black wall street because we think black wall street only happened in oklahoma and it didn't Mm -hmm. so just really educating them about money how to get money how to save money right how to make your money work for you. how to make your money work for you while you sleep because if you can't what's the famous thing you're gonna work till the day you die Mm -hmm. so love what's happening with our teens and then with our grown-ups there's nothing that's going to be happening that uh you know that you're not i mean we even have uh the young lady i started off talking about how she's getting paid to pray well she's going to open us up in prayer she has a group called prayer in the city Hmm. and so they're going to be opening up we have somebody talking about health just getting up moving she does international line dancing from she doesn't even she just does events I'm like, you can't do them any night in, in Texas. Just You just on the beach somewhere. And then that's how we start. And then we got people talking about all kinds of stuff. Mm. You know, of course, we got our sponsors that's going to be talking about a lot of things. But there's nothing in business you're going to be. If you're not coming to learn, it's not your right conference. Because I believe if you teach a man to fish, he'll, he'll fish for a lifetime. For a lifetime. Always have food. And... So let them know where can they buy their tickets at. They can get them in the show notes, actually. So if you want to come to the Run Business Conference, BWR, we some part we partner with the Run Business Conference, so y'all can get your tickets down there. Uh, it's like an exclusive ticket, ain't it? Y'all like, have an exclusive yeah, ticket. Like a little, oh, I think y'all get like an exclusive shoot. price, if I'm not mistaken. So y'all could thank us later. It's going to be I'm in Hearst, Texas, on uh, July 15th and 16th. So... Man, get your tickets. Like, they right there in the show notes. Tell them BWR sent you. Just click that link down there. And BWR is going to be there broadcasting live. I don't know we what sure kind of carpet they're going to have, but I have a pink carpet. So, hey. y'all want to We have to pull up with the green cut. carpet. The green <laughs> carpet boys on y'all. <laughs> so, we like want y'all to come and every... <laughs> It's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, food is included. Man, I got a marching band. I got all kinds oh, of stuff it's happening. Yeah, it's Man, we got vendors. If you if you want to uh, be a vendor, there's opportunities for you to be a vendor, especially our truckers who are sitting behind that truck. Most of our African-American truckers have diabetes and uh, high blood pressure. So we have somebody just teaching them. Yeah, we were just talking about that the other day. Just things you can do in your truck to, you know, do some kind of little chair exercise while you're sitting down. So we have people coming and talking about all kinds of stuff. And mm. we were literally just talking about that stuff. But. Yeah, we we excited to be a part of this. We can't wait for it. Uh, like David said, getting them show notes. We look to see y'all there. Y'all make sure y'all go 
come pull up and really just see what's going on. You don't make it to ten years just by little fluff and everything. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Ain't no fluke, ain't no flies, man. This is ten years in the running. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I, when Eric told me about, it, I was like, man, you got you got to get me yeah. in touch with this lady. <laughs> and then ever since then. We had a few conversations, so I'm, I'm glad that we could have you on the podcast today. Um, yeah, Eric is a good dude. I mean, we've been sharing some of the same stages. I'm like, Eric, and you're right here in Dallas. Why don't we know each other? Why aren't we doing some stuff together? So Eric and I, we just got approved to go into the schools next year to uplift all the uplift academies and some school oh, districts in Dallas, and we're looking at some in Louisiana. And so they really wanted to talk to him about uh, kids don't have careers anymore. Right. They want a job. They, you know, they want to come to work when they want to, which I don't understand. And then they want you to pay based on what they say they want to get paid at, which we don't still don't understand. But we want to at least talk to them about opportunities. What opportunities are out there? Are you going to work for whatever the opportunity is? You still got to work. Whether it's your own business or whether you're working for somebody else. And so a lot of these kids, they don't even because no one is talking to them about careers. And no one's talking to them about entrepreneurship and having a dream so let's foster that hmm. i love it if there's any way we can help with that too please let us know oh man uh, we would love to be a part of that mission too we love it we love yeah. it dr Cass. i want to say thank you so much for coming sure. on the show uh we're gonna go into our last question for you so this is one thing we like to ask everybody what's a personal finance tip or principle that you you live by that you would like to share with our audience. Stop wearing your wealth on your back. Mm. Let's go to it. Stop. You don't have to wear the latest. You're a business owner. Do you really need to wear the latest? Unless you're, you know, you sell tennis shoes and you got to have on a fresh pair of t- new tennis shoes every day. But if that's not what you do, why are you wearing your wealth on your back? And take whatever the money that you that you were going to buy all this stuff and find a way to invest it. Mm. I love it. It's a great tip. Stop wearing your wealth. That's not gonna be the name of the episode. We got something different. (laughs) Yeah, it's too much pressure to just call it not wearing your wealth. It was really great. Um, So let them know where they can keep up with you if they would like to be join the mentor group. Uh, If there's any other things that they might want to get in contact with you about, please let the audience know how can they contact you. You can go to genesispreferred.com or iamdrcass.com. I a m d r c a s s. You can call our office at one eight hundred seven one eight. Two four two five. I think that's a first. Somebody put the, the phone. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah let, let you know she ain't playing no games with you. <laughs> I love it. Well, Doctor Cass, I want to say thank you so much. We are gonna have to get you back on here because yeah, this, this is stuff amazing. that I, I wanted to go into. That I'm like, yeah, man, I still got a whole thing full of notes bro, that we didn't talk about. I wanted to get into lobbying so bad, <laughs> but we are gonna get her back, y'all, because this is yeah, great this is woman. Amazing. She right here in Dallas, uh, and I mean, shit. Wealth of knowledge. You're the type of person that we want to stay connected with. Thank you. And get this type of information out to our people. So, again, I thank you. Yeah, and yeah. Um, thank you for opening up your office for yes. us oh, as well. Sure. Being so accommodating. We appreciate Anytime. it. Anytime. Anytime. I appreciate it. So, y'all, we're going to hop into a few house cleaning items before we wrap this thing up. As always, love to thank y'all for watching the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast. Please make sure that you leave that five-star rating and review for your boys it helps us grow the channel and gives this information out there to people who really need it like yourself mm-hmm. uh other than that man 
What you got for him, Jalen? So other than that, uh, I do want y'all to know that we also offer marketing and advertising through Black Wealth Renaissance. You can market and advertise on our Instagram page, or you can also have your... Uh, commercial running on our podcast so if you're interested in any of that please go to bwr.media and you can sign up and go look at our pricing uh, we want to help you amplify your brand and continue to get those customers and grow your brand yes sir we've helped a lot of people do it in the past and we're gonna keep doing it uh, so yeah y'all tap in with that that's gonna be in the show notes and as always y'all oh before i say that Make sure y'all get that run business conference ticket. Yes. Y'all know it's down there it. in the show notes. Y'all listening right now. You might as well pull up. We done had people drive. Shit, just what? That was last week. Yeah, 12 Dude, hours. Boy, I drove 12 hours to come to a, a one-day networking event. And this is two days. <laughs> this is a bunch of value. Y'all, y'all pull, pull up. up. That's all we got to say on that one. And on that note, y'all, this is Black Wolf Renaissance. Signing out. When you start seeing your progression, you stop having doubts. And what's the point of having clout if you can't cash it out? Sup, family? Hope you've been enjoying the show. I have a serious question for all my entrepreneurs real quick. Is your business moving forward or is it stagnant? Don't you want to know how to get more clients? How to build better infrastructure? How to dominate in your industry? Well, you need to be at the 10th Annual Run Business Conference in Dallas, Texas on July 16th. Run Business Conference will have experts teaching on trucking and logistics, government contracts, real estate, finance, credit, business automation, and so much more. Man, look, fam, y'all got to get ready to run. Get ready to run your life, run your business, and run up this bag. You're only one contract away from changing the trajectory of your business. Link is in the description to get tickets. Let's run it. Run Conference 2022. There's nothing better than feeling comfortable in your own shoes. And that doesn't mean flopping down on the couch with bunny slippers. Maybe you're a parent raising a little rock star or a tech nomad working from anywhere and jumping from one thing to the next. Whoever you are, Allbirds wants you to be comfortable in your actual shoes, too. Their wool runners, pipers, and loungers are designed for a level of coziness that makes you feel like you can do anything. You might even forget you're wearing them. And their shoes are so stylish, they go perfectly with a wear-whatever-I-want attitude. Allbirds is all about loving Mother Nature, too, because no one wants to leave a bad footprint. Each shoe is carefully crafted from natural materials that tread lightly on our planet. From ZQ-certified merino wool to a bouncy midsole made from sweet foam, the world's first carbon-negative EVA material made from sugarcane. So get comfortable in your shoes. Get to know the wool runners, pipers, and loungers at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's.